Good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert. They're off and running again. So smooth. So sweet. Splendid. Succinct. Just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort or 1,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see those beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Wonder Goal Live, the soccer betting show from the Action Network. This is another World Cup edition presented to you by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game, get 200 free. My name is Michael Leboff. I am the host of the show, and joining me in just a moment are my friends, my co-hosts, my colleagues, my role models, BJ Cunningham and Anthony DeBundo, and together... The three of us are going to break down our favorite bets for the upcoming match days of the World Cup. That'll be Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And BJ, we always love to start the show with our favorite bets. What is your favorite bet for the next three match days of the World Cup? I like South Korea draw no bet at minus 120. I thought their performance against Uruguay was actually quite impressive. It was a lot of nothing happening throughout the match, a lot of battles in the midfield. You know, there wasn't a shot on target for the entire match, but. South Korea actually did win the expected goals battle 0. 0.7 to 0. 0.45 against a team that we really loved coming into this tournament. And they did an outstanding job at taking away easy passes in the midfield. They essentially neutralized Valverde and Benacer, which is a very, very difficult thing to do. And more than that, Michael, they even tilted the field on Uruguay at 60%. So now they're going against a Ghana team that, listen, they were really, really bad up until the Ronaldo penalty kind of kicked them into high gear. They started playing a little more aggressive, but they didn't have a touch in Portugal's penalty area for the entire first half. So, and if you look at their field tilt, they got tilted 80% by Portugal. So there's no reason why South Korea can't do the exact same thing to them. And South Korea is a team much like Japan that can play a blend of a couple different styles. They can play defensive low block and counter you. They come out and they press quite a bit. Portugal had a pass per defensive action of 6.7. Again, forced 11 high turnovers against Ghana. South Korea is an outstanding pressing team, so they should be able to force a lot of turnovers, exploit this Ghana back line, which is pretty weak. So I like South Korea, draw no bet at minus 120. I project this at minus 110. I'm going to stay in that group for my favorite bet. I like Uruguay, plus 320 on the money line against that Portugal team. Uh, That first half from Portugal against Ghana, like you said, Ghana were not good, and Portugal still couldn't impose their will. So they they just don't profile to me as as a good favorite. They are a team that they're so conservative. They have all this talent in the midfield and up going forward, and they just don't know how to use it. I think that'll play into Uruguay's hands here. And this is a team that, like you said, we were really high coming into the tournament on it. And one bleak performance against South Korea should not change that tune. I still like Uruguay to get out of this group. I still think that they have a chance to win it. Uh, with a win against Portugal, they would be in the driver's seat, I would think. So I think plus 320 on a team that not just us, everybody thought was a, a danger to to make a real run in this tournament uh, is a good number against a, a bloated Portugal team when you look at the price. Anthony, your favorite bet over these next few days. It's going to be Morocco plus a half, minus 110 against Belgium. Coming into this tournament, all three of us were in agreement. We were out on Belgium. We thought they were fraudulent. We thought they were exposed. We thought they were old. 
And everything from their first match led me to believe that our assumptions were correct about them. And yes, they won. They beat Canada 1-0. But some of the stats from that match are incredible. First of all, for my eyes, Belgium conceded three penalties in that match, even though they only actually conceded one. There were a couple of very controversial calls that went in their favor. An offside that would have given a penalty that was not offside. And then another penalty call in the second half that I thought was a pen for the Canadians. The other thing, total expected goals, 2.4 for Canada, 0.8 for Belgium. Canada actually came out, pressed them high, forced a ton of high turnovers, exposed the lack of pace in their back line. And Belgium was able to find some space in transition, but Morocco is actually, I think, a better defensive team than the Canada team that Belgium just played against. They won't allow nearly as much in transition as that team. They have a more solid defensive midfield group. Amrabat was excellent against Croatia at preventing transition opportunities when the Croatians look to break. And I just don't really trust this Belgium front three either. I mean, Hazard, Bashwai had a nice finish, but Hazard didn't offer a ton for the Belgians either. So what are we really banking on here from Belgium? Not much to get a win. I think Morocco's pace on the wings and ability to progress the ball up the wings wasn't really that effective against Croatia, but Croatia is much better out wide than Belgium is. So I, I think Morocco's live to win this match. I'm probably going to sprinkle some money line, but I like the Moroccans. Another game where a point is kind of good for both teams. Morocco gets to stay in the mix ahead of the final match against Canada. Nobody's going to run away with this group and Belgium gets another point. So if it is tied late, you know, it could be in a situation where teams are okay with the draw. That being said, I think Morocco is much closer to even with Belgium at this point. I like them plus half. All right. uh, Let's talk about some of the marquee matchups. There are some doozies on the schedule. I think that this weekend might be in terms of just like football powerhouses, the best that we'll see. We'll start with France and Denmark. France is odds on. They're minus 134 on the three-way money line at Bet365. Denmark's plus 375. The draw here is plus 280. All three of us are in agreement on this one. This is an 11 a.m. kickoff on Saturday morning. BJ, get us started. I love the Danes plus half a goal. It's already starting to get up there. It's now at plus 110. Listen, I know Denmark drew Tunisia 0-0, but they were by far the better side. Like They had over 70% field tilt. They held a ton of possession. They created 1.8 expected goals. So they really should have won that match. And this is, and, uh, you know, France obviously destroyed Australia, but that's what they were supposed to do, you know? And the biggest thing I see with France is like, if they actually came out and pressed and didn't just sit so deep, they might be the best team in the world, but their tactics, the way they set up, they're way, way too conservative. They sit too deep. They don't have Kareem Benzema. Yes, Giroud finished a couple, but listen, he's 35 and he is on the wrong side of being anywhere near effective. So this Denmark team that is really, really good out of possession. They led the euros with 56 high turnovers should be able to cause a ton of problems for France in France. They lost to Denmark twice in the nations. Like you can put whatever stock you want to into that, but this Dane team is incredibly well drilled. They're still really, really, really good. So uh, I love the Danes plus half a goal here. And I think the market is really overreacting to a France result that was supposed to happen against Australia. Yeah, I think that last point you made is the one that I think of right away with this one. This is a classic sell-high spot on France. They dominated Australia. Kylian Mbappe was able to run riot. Denmark's just not going to let them do that. They're they're strong in the middle of the field. Like you said, they press really well. They're very well-organized, cohesive group that everyone pulls in the same direction. Everyone will know their roles to stop France and not let them run riot in the midfield like we saw against Australia. This is a huge, huge step up for Les Bleus. Huge step up. Australia is one of the worst teams in the tournament. We kind of saw something similar with like Iran and England. A team like England can make Iran look terrible. Then they play a team more and close to their peers, right? And and what did we see? Iran was able to to beat Wales. So like when 
you're looking at quality competition. It needs to come into, into play here in France. That was an exhibition. That was like a, a little bit of a training ground exercise against Australia. So I would just throw that match out and just look at these two teams in a vacuum. And yeah, sure. Denmark did struggle to create enough in their opener, but I don't think this match should actually be a little more open. And I think that should suit the Danes. The number is just way too good. Plus 375 on Denmark, a team that we talked about Uruguay being our dark horse. Denmark was the most popular kind of long shot pick at 28 to one coming into the tournament. Another case of one pedestrian performance shouldn't throw people off that scent. So Denmark here plus 375, definitely worth a shot. Anthony. Yeah, I'll agree. I'll make it three for three on the Danes plus a half. I think what happened last year to Denmark at the Euros. And of course there was like an extreme circumstance with Christian Eriksen, their star player nearly dying on the pitch, but they lost their first match at the Euros too and lost their second match at the Euros and still were an excellent team. Their attack struggled in that match against Finland, even in the first half when before the, the incident occurred. So I'm not going to sell off Denmark off of a bad half. I thought they played a really bad first half. They really struggled to control the ball. They looked very vulnerable in transition defense, but I thought the second half was the Denmark we expected to see. They controlled the possession, created a bunch of chances. Cornelius' header goes in. We're having a very different conversation right now about Denmark. So I think that the, you can't overreact to one match. The market has moved up France about 20, 30 cents. I think that's an overreaction. Like you mentioned, the soccer's defense was one of the worst coming into this tournament. Very fraudulent during qualifying. Got exposed. Denmark, like you, like BJ said, beat them twice in qualifying. But also, so often when we bet these underdogs, we're, we're expecting them to not have a lot of the ball, to defend without the ball, to look to transition. I think Denmark has the midfield to compete with France and potentially possess a lot of the ball here. We know France doesn't love having the ball. They're happy to just sit there and wait and wait for their opportunities to, to get Mbappe free. So I think Denmark is going to have a good amount of possession here, close to 50-50, if not over 50%. And anytime I have an underdog where I'm going to have the ball a lot, I love that in the sense that the, the favorite will not have as much time on the ball to get margin and find goals. So I think Denmark is is clearly undervalued here. And another match, like I was talking about with Morocco and Belgium, if you think about the game theory, this is the toughest match for France in the group. A draw is a good result for them. The Danes, knowing they have Australia lined up next, may also be okay with a draw late here. So a draw would not be the end of the world for either team, and it would still cash my bet. So I love Denmark plus a half in this one. All right, let's fast forward to 2 p.m. on Saturday. Argentina, their odds on minus 188 favorites. Against Mexico, plus 550. The draw here is plus 300. Of course, these odds are provided to us by our friends at Bet365. BJ, we'll start with you again here. Argentina, of course, is coming off that loss to Saudi Arabia. And you think they could be in for a little bit more trouble here against El Trae. Yeah, well, I mentioned this coming into the tournament that I just have some concerns with Argentina. I thought they were overvalued as being the second favorite to win the World Cup. But listen, Lionel Messi and Latero Martinez are two of the best in the world in, in terms of attacking. But there are major question marks that I have with the Argentina midfield and especially defense. And back two of Otamendi and Christian Romero isn't that great when you're comparing it to the other top teams throughout the world. Rodrigo De Paul and Leandro Paredes, also not the best central midfield pairing. And what happened quite a bit against Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia did play a high line. They played very aggressive and Hey, it worked. You know, obviously Argentina was the better side. Like they won the expected goals battle 2.1 to 0.1. So it wasn't like Saudi Arabia completely dominated them, but their midfielders got caught way too far up the pitch. There were so many times where you saw essentially Argentina playing a four zero six, where essentially 
all the midfielders were pushed up to that high line and they were just basically trying to make runs for that. That's fine. But the problem is you're playing a lot of long balls and the, your central midfielders aren't getting the ball deeper and be able to progress up the field through combination passes. So if they get caught doing that again, I mean, Mexico has an outstanding defensive midfielder and Eddie Alvarez who plays for Ajax. He almost made a move to Chelsea over the summer. Like he can really control the middle of the park. So I have major question marks with Argentina and I think the line here is just a little too high. So I like them. I like Mexico plus one at, at minus 120. I thought they were the better side against Poland. You know, you take away that penalty. They only allowed point two expected goals to Poland. They're not going to have the ball very much, but listen, they can really punish Argentina on the wings with, with Lozano and all their other attackers. So I like the Mexicans plus one at minus 120. I don't really have a strong conviction here. I will say uh, now is not the time to like either buy or sell on Argentina, no matter how you're looking at it. It was such a wonky result. There are some people who are going to overreact to it one way or the other. Like, oh, well, now they have to win because they they lost to Saudi Arabia. And the other people will say, oh, they look, you know, they, they lost to Saudi Arabia. How can you back Argentina at minus 188? I would lean towards an under, you know, if you maybe even like a draw bet, something that will correlate to this being pretty low event. Mexico against a Poland team that was there for the taking didn't take them, right? Like they didn't really offer all that much going forward. I don't think they looked kind of like a little stroll in the park. That was one of the worst games of the tournament so far. Meanwhile, Argentina, you know, talking about game theory, Anthony, they can't lose this match. So, and, and BJ talked about their vulnerabilities on defense. They could be a little more cautious and and pragmatic to prevent and to, to guard against those uh, weaknesses going the other way when they have their numbers turned. So, I could see this being a very rigid, you know, stodgy kind of match here where it's it ends, you know, one nil or one one and it's just as ugly and not the type of Argentina performance that we're used to seeing. So that would be how I'd play it, kind of correlate with bets against a low event game. What about you? Yeah, I'm passing here. Ultimately, if it got to Mexico plus one point two five, I would hop in on them probably. But I don't think anything was necessarily structurally wrong with Argentina. I don't, my outlook on them as a, as a soccer team in this tournament doesn't really change off of that result. I still think they're one of the three or four or five best teams. I never thought they were the second best team necessarily, or at least there was a gap between Brazil, Argentina, and everybody else. Uh, if you think that Argentina's a good buy, I think this is also a good time to get on them on futures from a perspective, because I do think Mexico and Poland are a pretty weak second and third team in this group. And the, the door could be open for them to just win these next two matches and still easily advance. Would not surprise me in the slightest. Saudi Arabia's high line was very effective at forcing offsides. I'm not sure how well Mexico can replicate that. Their defense did not uh, hold up as well in qualifying. I thought they, they showed some cracks. Poland was not a team that took any advantage of that. Poland didn't look like they were trying to score for the first hour of the match. It was very bizarre. Uh, but you know, Poland's a team that we're all down on as podcasts as well. So plenty of elite teams have lost their first match or looked poor at points of the group stage and gone on to win the tournament. Spain lost in the first match against Switzerland in 2010. Germany had a draw with Ghana in 2014. France dropped points in the group stage in 2018. So it's not like you just expect these teams to just run right over their groups and route to a, a World Cup victory. So I wouldn't overreact to one match. I think the market's pretty much right here, and I'm going to pass. All right, 2 p.m. on Sunday. This is probably the headliner of the entire group stage, Spain. Plus 130, they're the favorite against Germany, plus 200. The draw is plus 250. Spain scored a touchdown, kicked the extra point against Costa Rica in a 7-0 win. Germany, a little pat on the back for us. They fall to Japan, 2-1. We had that one nailed. In a weird way, BJ, I think this matchup, and I know that Germany is more likely to beat Japan before a match than they are to beat Spain, but I feel like this matchup kind of suits 
Germany a little bit better, but you disagree. Yeah, I'm not sure it really suits Germany because of the game theory we have to talk about here because Germany, they essentially have to win this match because they have to assume Japan is going to beat Costa Rica after we saw the performance that Spain had against them. So they have to go out. So the ultra-aggressive pressing, the ultra-aggressive attacking, it's going to be ratcheted up even a bigger notch. Now they're facing the most possession-dominant team and the best passing team in the world. And if they're going to be that open and that aggressive with their pressing, that leaves a ton of space in behind. So I am very, very concerned for the Germans here on if they can't get the ball off of Spain, who's an incredibly difficult team to actually get the ball off of, how they're actually going to cope with this match. I mean, Spain could put up two, three, potentially maybe even four goals if Germany's going to have to play this open. And I mean, listen, the Germans did create over three expected goals, so it's not like they were bad against Japan. They just got caught on, on a few too many counterattacks. But that's exactly what Spain can do to them. They have the pace to get in behind. They have the guys who'd be able to possess the ball, play those passes. So I'm taking Spain, draw no bet at minus 140. You know, I project Spain as a, a pretty heavy favorite here. So I, I just, I have way too many concerns if Germany's going to continue to play this aggressive against how, against this Spain team that's so, so good at exploiting you with their passing. I would lean towards Germany here. As I alluded to, I think that this matchup kind of does suit them in terms of like an on-field uh, sense than more than the one that they saw against Japan where you know they were just going to keep bombing forward and they leave themselves open in the back. I just think that they'll be, you know, we, we talk about this team being ultra aggressive, but you can't really do that when you don't have the ball. I don't think they're going to have the ball all that much against a Spain team that is just so good at keeping the ball. So they can almost play the underdog role here and try to catch Spain in transition. And that is probably the biggest weakness for Lafiera Roja as well. So I'm not there yet. I think more money will probably come in on Spain uh, after those performances that we saw uh, in, in the opening matches for these group stage. Like I said, Spain absolutely pasted Costa Rica. They looked incredible and Germany looked vulnerable in a 2-1 loss against Japan. So I'll wait. I'll see where the kind of high watermark is on Germany, but I would lean that direction in what I think is is another good uh buy low, sell high spot. Anthony, uh, you're looking at this like it could be a little chaos. Yeah, I like the over two and a half goals here. Uh, two of the best possession sides in the world, but both struggle out of possession and immediately upon losing the ball. And I think we talked about this as to when we did our group preview and why we liked Japan and thought Japan could cause some problems for both of these teams. We saw it on full display. Yes, Germany deserved to score more than one goal late. Then they you know, had poor finishing, but everything we said about Germany with their transition defense, allowing a ton of uh, high quality chances came to fruition. I mean, Japan scored two. They also missed one or two chances in those transition moments that they could have easily scored more. So I don't think Germany solved that problem. It's been a problem for Germany for more than a year now. It goes back to their past manager, Yogi Love, at the end of his reign as German manager. And we haven't really t- seen Spain be tested. You know, Costa Rica didn't even attempt a shot. They're the worst team in this field, in my opinion, although Qatar may be giving them a run for their money. But Spain starting Rodri and Laporte as center backs. Rodri not naturally a center back. I do wonder how that will hold up. I do wonder about Spain having potential set piece defensive issues because Germany has a lot of big center backs who are excellent. Rudiger and Sula, especially in the air. I do worry about that a little bit in this matchup where Spain could get bullied on those set piece moments too. And like BJ mentioned, I'm expecting Japan to beat Costa Rica on Sunday morning, which would put Japan at six points which would mean that Germany has to win the match to have any real chance of getting out of this group. So I think that Germany has to go for it. I think this game could be very back and forth. I like the over. All right, let's take a quick roll around the rest of the matches here and wrap this thing up. BJ, we'll start with you. What other matches have your eye? 
Well, I mean, I, this is obviously the headliner of the entire <laughs> slate here. It's 5 a.m. on Saturday morning. I'm sure everybody's getting to sleep on Friday night to get up for this one. Australia versus Tunisia. I like Australia, plus half a goal at minus 130. This is a, just a complete overreaction to what happened in the Australia-France match. Yes, Tunisia did draw against Denmark. Denmark did win the expected goals battle 1.8 to 0.9. But, you know, Australia was poor. They did score, you know, to go ahead against France. But, you know, that result is what was supposed to happen based on the odds. France was a minus 400 favorite. Australia is also a side throughout qualifying. They need to have the ball. Like, they're very slow in terms of their progression and getting the ball at the pitch. They do play a lot of long balls. They like to play it out wide. They weren't able to afford that kind of possession against France. They will be able to do that against Tunisia. And Tunisia has been running incredibly hot coming into the World Cup, and they ran incredibly hot again against Denmark. They have conceded five goals throughout World Cup qualifying and Africa Cup of Nations off of 14.37 expected. So they are due for a lot of negative regression. Talent-wise, I don't really think there's that much of a gap between this Tunisian side and Australia. So you're just seeing a complete market overreaction. So I like the Socceroos plus half a goal at minus 130. My money's going to go to Canada again. And I'm ready for pain. They're plus 260 against Croatia. This is a Sunday, uh, 11 a.m. kickoff. I think you can make the argument that relative to expectations and relative to their opponent, Canada ended up being maybe outside of Japan, the most impressive team we saw in those first round of matches. They were really good. You can say that Canada dominated that match. The numbers bear that out. They had a penalty that was saved. They had a couple other chances that went left begging, a little bit more clinical finishing, and that could have been a 3-4-1 match for Canada. Maybe some Belgian experience showed that's a little scary because considering who they're going up against in their second match, that being Croatia, who are the defending runners up in the World Cup and a, a very well-drilled you know, major tournament side. But I think that a lot of the problems Canada caused against Belgium will be there against Croatia, an older team that is going to try to knock the ball around and, and limit the chaos. And Canada did a great job of causing chaos against Belgium with their press, their ability to move the ball quickly and be direct. They should be able to catch Croatia enough here to justify these odds. I think plus 260 is is well worth a shot on a very, very impressive Canada team. Uh, one that I still think has a, has a puncher's chance of getting out of this group here. Anthony, what else you got? Saudi Arabia plus a half, minus 105 against the Poles. Poland, I had this spot circled before the Saudi Arabia upset of Argentina, and I was looking to play against both Poland and Mexico when they played against Saudi Arabia as a favorite. Look, we just saw a similar thing, and and it was a friendly, but the United States went up against the Saudi Arabia defense and did not have a ton of solutions for creating big chances, and I don't really see Poland doing that either. The same problem for Poland continues to exist where Lewandowski, as good as he is as a finisher and a poacher and is an incredible shot getter, he is not someone who does ball progression. He's not someone who does ball carrying. He's just the guy who gets on the end of the chances. And that's incredibly valuable to a good soccer team who has ball progressors and people who can do that part of it. But Poland, time and time again, just doesn't have plans to consistently create scoring chances. And Lewandowski is also not a guy who's going to beat you in behind necessarily. So I think this is Saudi Arabia and Renard wants to come out and play with the high line again. I think it can work. I think they can pull it off. And so I think the market hasn't moved much off of Saudi Arabia's win. I still think people will say, oh, we need to sell Saudi Arabia because they had one lucky win. Maybe, maybe they'll just regress this next match and fall apart. But I was decently high on their chance of getting out of this group coming in. And I still think they have a chance uh, to get a result here against 
the polls and I mean, the crowd, it seems like it's a, a big thing for these uh, African and, and Middle Eastern teams that they have most of the crowd support too. So I like them plus a half. All right. That wraps up this episode, this World Cup episode of Wonder Goal for Anthony DeBundo, Vijay Cunningham. I'm Michael Leboff, wishing you best of luck with all your bets over these next three days.